You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Joined, as always, by my right-hand man, Garrett. What's up, bro? What's up, bros and brosettes? Okay, who we got this week? We got Scott Eastwood, who took me about 30 minutes to realize that's Clint Eastwood's kid. (laughs) That was embarrassing. He was he was he was like Dan Bilzerian almost. I thought. Would it, how so? I don't know. He was just well spoken. He was well traveled. It's just a young, up and coming buck. Obviously. Oh, I see. A lot. Of, I thought you meant. Seems like he fucks a lot of women. No, I'm sure he does that too. I don't know if he's married, but he's Clint Eastwood's kid. He's a pimp. Who else we got? David Lee Roth. And who was that scientist? Rick Doblin. Rick D- Doblin. Doblin. Rick Doblin. All right. So, what what was your take on Eastwood's kid? I mean, he seemed, you know, you got to think his life has been. I I don't want to say super privileged, like that would be an assumption, but I mean, it's definitely an, an unusual upbringing, and I would imagine the kids of very famous actors have kind of a. It's probably a very strange life. Especially in his case, like, you can always say who's the most famous, but of his era, it's pretty much Clint Eastwood in his prime was the man. So, yeah, that's got to be, that's got to have some impact on your lifestyle and how you perceive life. I think that he seemed incredibly grounded, given the circumstances, to be honest. I don't know the guy, but it seemed like he had a relative thought process and he seemed pretty mindful of, how he had it and i mean what his advantages were in a lot of respects he was certainly a good listener and good on the podcast i mean he wasn't acting like super entitled in the sense of talking over joe or like boasting about silly stories or i liked how he talked about his like joe started talking about westerns and i don't know if you've engulfed yourself in westerns i really haven't but it made me kind of want to watch a few more of his westerns from back in the day if they're that impactful yeah yeah, I right. mean, and to hear to hear Scott talk about it too, and have his favorite ones, it's got to be great. Like watching your pops, and that's the thing too. It's like you get like actor friends watching them commit to a character. It's like a like his friends were saying. He's like, you were too good at that character. It's like it's got to be an interesting perspective to have to know the guy in the movie. Yeah, it would be weird. I think. I did like that. I they were talking about surfing and whatnot, and how that that killer whale came up to him and the underneath of his they showed that video too i don't know if you were privy to see that but the video was surreal like the killer whales came right underneath them did you see that? yeah i I did watch a bit of that video you know it's sometimes difficult because when my spotify is connected to my car obviously you don't get to watch the video so sometimes i have to like once i stop driving go back to like get into it i don't think i'd feel all that comfortable with those big ass fucking things (laughs) can't they just like flip you like 60 feet in the air if they want to? i mean 
I don't know if you've seen those videos from fucking SeaWorld. That's the thing, though. It's like they had those ones in captivity. If you were to see, like, I don't think that, I think that kind of speaks to human nature and how things evolve. And like, if you're out in the, if you're out in the wilderness, the, the, the idea is normally peace. Like a lot of the thought, it's like when you capture something and keep it in captivity, that's when they start reacting. And it's like, I don't know that it's probably all situational, but I would like to believe if I saw a killer whale, maybe it's just because it's like a pretty animal. I'd be like, Ooh, nice whale. But you know, they, they talk about whales and how intelligent they are. So along with intelligence, I wonder if they can, like they have a range of emotions as well. And if one of them's got like a real bad toothache, they might be having a bad day. And they see us right. monkeys on a surfboard, and they're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna fire this bitch straight off <laughs> off a cliff. Just whack him. Fire that one up. Was that the same podcast they were talking about that orangutan like uh, basically raped that woman? Oh, remember that? Yeah, I think I think that I think that was the same one they were talking about that situation. And she basically just like had to take it. Otherwise, like who knows? Those, those things are so strong they could just like bite your fingers. That's off terrifying. That's that's terrifying. Monkey <laughs> monkey rape is up, up there, top five most Dude, terrifying just, things. Like literally, just rip your arms off if they want to. They're, that They're strong. very strong. Yeah, it would be bad. Oh, it's certainly bad. Did you watch the new Guy Ritchie movie that he's in? I, uh, I didn't get to that one yet. Have yeah, you seen it? Wrath of Man. It's uh, worth it worth it well i don't know i mean they're 20 bucks now to buy these things on youtube (laughs) i mean that you could go to a movie was what at most 12 13 but you figure that's four people call it 10 bucks that's still 40 bucks if you rent the movie at your house at least you can watch that nice couch for true i watched it on my own so right so like that's an expensive ticket (laughs) Right, I remember during quarantine, I was like, "I'll splurge on a five dollar movie." What? You had nothing else to do, basically. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, now we have twenty dollar movies coming out, and that's that's right. the new, that's the new thing. We made the market. Yeah, we did it to ourselves, right. probably. It, it's right. good action. Um, you know, I'm not like a movie critic, but compared to other other Guy Ritchie ones, it, I didn't enjoy it as much as. Some of the some of the other Guy Ritchie movies are like Snatch, Lock, yeah, Star. and they do they do a lot of jumping around, which this movie does. But it's right. like they're really building the characters a lot, and then there's a lot of banter back and forth, and then they also does like these montages that are kind of sped up, where people are like grabbing things from different places and blah blah blah, and. There, just a lot of those elements were kind of missing, but a lot of people got shot. So if you're just into that kind of action, not, yeah, it's I, it's it's I, decent. I still like the John Wicks, but the, at my at my age, I like to laugh a lot. You like to laugh <laughs> a lot. My, I mean, I think that's my go-to genre at, the, at this point in life. I still like comedy. We were just talking about that at work, like watching horror films. What's your take on that? I, I don't oh, I don't really... care. They're not scary, are they? Yeah. They're just like, what are we watching? No, I just that's how I feel. It's like I don't, I, and I don't really like to. It just doesn't seem like a good habit to get into watching death all the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> they kind of get into like the celebrity life and 
picking people around you, you know, because I guess right. when people want to know who you are because of like who your dad is or, or because you're famous or you're just in the know, like where Joe is, it really does highlight how important it is to pick good people. But I, but I think the same rules apply in any area of life, but you know, and, and they, they talk about, you know, how badly humans can kind of treat each other. And it's almost like hate is encouraged in some way, like shit talking or putting people down. It's, uh, I don't know. It makes you think. Makes you think about. I think that, that without a doubt, um, I've been more mindful about that. I'd say, like, always having opinion on other people, and I think that comes back to being married to their ideas. They said that you could always change your ideas, and we beat on that a few times. But it seems like <laughs> the people that you surround yourself with are. I don't know. I think now that I've gotten older, I've been a much better judge of character. And as opposed to having like an opinion on somebody, I would just like rather not associate. It's not like you have to associate with everybody. And if they, if you choose to not, it's like, you don't have to have interactions and don't have to keep relationships that seem to be unhealthy or just not building you up. Just let them phase out. I think is the idea. You don't. I mean, yeah, you don't have you to do have a sit down with them and be like, "I don't need you in my life." No. Just stop hanging out with them. Exactly. Just identify that they're exactly. a piece of shit and just stop spending time yeah. with them. Yeah, or just see what's beneficial, and then yeah, like you say, on the have a sit down. Just don't return a few calls. I yeah, guess. I don't know. Yeah, or just say moving on. I, yeah, I like a lot of what Joe was talking about as he opened up about the podcast, like getting into. Uh, just like how big it is and right. uh, because of the Spotify deal like it kind of changed things like people know how fucking yeah. mega rich he is now and his voice yeah. kind of travels so much further so he has to kind of what? deal with that and he's more responsible for the things that he says almost but just the fact that he never like promoted the podcast he never advertised I know, I heard him say it's that. so yeah. wild that he was able to do this without any of that stuff happening. I think that's got to be the most compelling thing about the show. Like the fact that it's not, it's all word of mouth. I remember meeting you and I was like, do you watch Rogan? That like our first time interacting. I was like, yeah, I watch Rogan. And you were like, just our whole connection was kind of based around Rogan from the jump. And it was like, it wasn't like I saw the billboard or I heard it. Yeah. On this and that, I was like, I just heard from my buddy. We both kind of knew the same yeah. thing, right? And then we instantly know that we're both slightly meat-heady. Like, like, well, you at least just on the same page. Like, I think that it's a certain like culture of openness is the way I kind of have associated it. And the fact that I think some kind of click today. <clears throat> Granted, this has always been going on but people that approach things that they want to do have a much better tendency of being successful over time so it's not going to be immediate but if you do what you want to do and you and you're passionate about today i was just thinking about that on my skates it's more about the why than it is the how because it seems like the how will present itself if you find the why right yeah i mean look at the same point though it's it's hard to say right because he became very successful for doing this, but I don't know if there's a ton of other examples of people doing the same thing. I mean, Joe had a unique combination of of um, 
the skills. He was like well known enough so, to where right, you know, and enough. and he he was just in a place that kind of made it work. But it is it is really interesting to see, like even as we model this I'm, silly podcast that we do, it's like it would only make sense that that we would follow those same patterns just for the sake right. of it. Like I don't care. I'm never gonna put an ad in somewhere or like really. I don't know. I'm just not going to change like the way that I speak or say things no. as a result of any external well, factors because it just goes against a, a philosophy that I believe in. I'm like, no, this is authentic. Auth- authenticity is not for sale. <laughs> I think is what it, what it comes down. <laughs> yeah, to. yeah. I mean, it may exclude us from running for office <laughs> anywhere. But... <laughs> I've been a lot of people have been approaching me. For- presidency <laughs> really <laughs> dude apparently uh we're we're, doing, we're back to bar setting today today i was at gold's today and i think i made mention this last time the mass thing was like semi not informed today it, it seemed like everybody was there like on a mission to not even wear the mask i go i know you guys aren't dealing with that in bozeman but here in la it's been yeah that's a big step for you guys time. And, t- and I think today or tomorrow we're supposed to be able to, we're not able to, but I think everybody's just kind of realizing that this all is for show and it was, it's all a big fuck you. So everybody, all the restaurants and whatnot down by the beach are just like starting to do their own thing and being like, come, we're not waiting until the fucking 15th for you to tell us that everything's okay. Yeah, that's so dumb. What If, if they <laughs> so decide arbitrary. on the 15th, why didn't they just say, look, let's just do it today? Like, how dare right. they just stamp their, oh, here's a date. R- Dude, it just feels like they got these little fucking strings up here, and they're like, and I think Joe, I don't know if it was on that one or the next one, but he's like, none of these people have lost a dime throughout this whole process, mm. and they're all the ones up there. Like, I, what if that was the thought process, how your community was doing was how much you got paid as a mayor or a governor or somebody in the civil justice area that is supposed to take care of the community what if it was like a reflection on your salary how the state that you're supposed to govern yeah or mayor dude think about the incentives and the thought process that that would go into that you'd be like you'd have to restructure your whole mindset like ooh, what am i going to do to make my city thrive in this sim city well even going back to stuff that joe's had to put up and now he's big look at the two bits of controversy oh, right. that's come around him saying the young healthy people don't need to get the vaccine not saying they shouldn't, but just saying they don't need to because they're healthy and young, right? So that's valid. Right. And then it's valid, not saying that they shouldn't either. Like, you know, if you want to, do it. And if you're really concerned about getting other people sick, also do it, which is a reality. But then them themselves, they're not likely to die of it, right? So it is right. just to help others herd immunity. Second, lab hypothesis theory that was like banned on facebook for a while like facebook is like no we're not going to show anything about this it's like what are you doing and joe brings it up and he becomes a conspiracy theorist and now it's like i'm not saying look look again joe was right it's not that that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that he's asking questions and not Right, not creating this weird censorship out of fear of others i'm sure that's why facebook did it but it's like now you're just promoting misinformation, you dummies. Like, let me let me tell you my two experiences with COVID. I've already made reference to. It. I left LA, went to Puerto Rico, got a COVID test before 
COVID test came back positive when I came to Puerto Rico. Didn't change anything. Didn't do anything different. Next day, took another test. Test came back negative. Flew back home. No problems. My roommate got the vax so he could go back to work and not have to wear the fucking face shield. That was the quota for his bar for, what, a couple of days because that was what was in the news. And then so he goes and gets the vax. He goes to, I don't know, some island like Aruba or something. He gets the vaccination prior to. We go and I get the test with him through one of those Walgreens drive through nasal things. He gets to Aruba. The test comes back inconclusive. So now he's scrambling to get another test so he can get back. This guy has the vaccination. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Like, what are we doing? Still not as bad as I have no faith. Yeah, that's a dude. That's whacking across the board. Look, all I'm saying is we can't do this shit again. They got to figure something else out. Next flu season can't be like, oh my god, you can't travel. Like it just seems like some big plan to stop people going anywhere. And I'm like, no, I'm not down with that. I love going places. All right, let's jump over to David Lee Roth and the madness of this man. Like, God bless him. Look, legend. Clearly seems like right. a sweetheart. He's done. He's had a, a seriously eccentric life, and he's about as eccentric as it gets. But it was, I don't know how the fuck Joe did it. Dude, I, I had to turn the pot off at one point. I was like, this is kind of doing watched, my head in. I watched that one in pieces. It was like a constant one-liner. He kind of reminded me of my dad in some respects. He had like a joke for everything. But... He's well traveled. He's probably had way more experiences than we could even fucking fathom. No doubt. To be no doubt. <laughs> so, Fascinating I mean, life. Yeah, the the amount of books you could tell he was well read too. It's, it, when you say eccentric, like you talk about getting that tapping tattoo, and uh, did he go to Japan? I can't remember where he got. Yeah, that, he. I. It was in Japan. Was a lot of it because um, I think he speaks Japanese too, and he lived there for a while. <clears throat> but I mean, yeah, all the people he's trained martial arts with. The fact that he became an EMT just because. And then they were like, hey, you want to do the rounds? And for four years, he's like the guy making coffee. I'm like, this is fucking David Lee Roth. Like how humbling and kind of beautiful is that whole experience? I think that Joe made reference to that too because he's like, you're the most rock star of rock star who does the anti-rock star. Yeah. Which makes it that which makes it that much more rock star. So maybe that's because he, it's what he's known for so long. I mean, but I'll tell you what, right? So training jujitsu in, in Santa Monica, um, it, Ricky Rocket was at our gym, and he's the drummer for Poison. So he, you know, he's older. I don't think he's old, as old as uh, David Lee Roth is. No, he's not. But he's like one of our highest level black belts. Super nice guy. You would just never know. He never like he doesn't walk around like he's the shit. He's just kind and nice and excellent at training and just always will help you with techniques and you know, he does his little projects and and if you follow him on Instagram, he, he's like doing these like I think it's like ghost hunting shows that he like puts together <laughs> on YouTube, just like fun shit that he's into. And it's right. it's cool to see that, you know, there's just no pretentiousness out of connection connection to humanity and whatever yeah he's he's not as eccentric and wacky as david though i'll tell you that much he's far more just like totally normal to talk to but (laughs) but yeah it was so hard to follow him he would just go off 
like he he almost had these like cliche little sayings about yeah. everything, and then end it. It just it, it was so difficult to keep track of it. Oh, oh, I'm walking one liner, but um, yeah, I. <clears throat> The way he described his parents, though, that was such an interesting thing. The way he said that they still sat down and they called him children. Yeah, even into like this, his like, 60s. They had this 60s, I was like, time together. Like, how weird. was your day and that closeness? That's pr- probably, yeah. probably a big part of what helped him stay as grounded, as, he, grounded. as you can for someone that's so kind of out there. It sounded like he was talking about himself in the third person for a vast majority of the beginning of it he had a very preachy way of speaking like everything he's saying is like a a, a universal truth and and not i don't know was it kind of dismissive almost towards joe like look man that's how it is don't you see it type of thing he was saying it he he would always reference it to being like talking in poetry which some of it was you'd have to like read through the words and some of it was kind of i mean a lot of it was but it was still like talking over joe and just like you could tell joe has respect for the guy but he was uh, yeah i hear exactly what you're saying mm. <clears throat> um those tattoos were dope though did you what did you look at the I video didn't, I didn't see dude it, they I are I didn't beyond them. sick i mean we're talking Japanese like huge tuxedo. samurai shit and really check it out. impressive colors i mean it it was a pretty intense set of tattoos that that's the same kind of tattooing my brother does in england he has a company oh wow yeah and uh let me see what his instagram is maybe i'll plug him but he has he has a ton yeah. of followers anyway so he probably doesn't need this um, I want to follow. you just write callum hopkins k-a-l-u-m-h-o-p-k-i-n-s and he does all tap stuff um kind of all over england and he used to live in barcelona i think he learned it all oh, in wow. thailand i believe this is your older brother or younger you? brother Damn, he's got, some, got some good work here. yeah it's really really cool stuff and again i don't have any tattoos and if i ever got one i'd probably go to him and especially after hearing you know like seeing how dope those ones are that david lee roth got i'm like hmm maybe i'm d- maybe i'm down to get one Sure, these are awesome. Yeah, they're good, right? Yeah, he's excellent. He was always drawing, like as a kid, like just constantly always drawing, which I was always gave him a hard time about. I'm like, dude, you need to learn math. And it turns out he has a great business doing tattoos, so drawing did work. But the, right. but that's the kind of thing. Like all my brothers were the same way. It as me in that sense, we just did the things that we like unapologetically it didn't matter how many times we heard from other people like oh you got to do it this way and you got to live that way we just like followed what we wanted to do and they've all kind of landed on their feet with their different types of careers it's impressive all different things but they all love it it's all creative stuff yeah i'm probably the least creative to be honest uh i think we all have it deep inside of us and i think that you have it too it's just a matter of finding it I was there was like a switch today that kind of clicked, and I start I started thinking about things that I want to do as opposed to like have to do for a salary. It seems like now that I have a job and I have a means of getting an income, now it's time to like start revving up and finding what it is I want to do and start living life in that kind of realm. What what 
what do I want to do as rather than like surviving? Because now that I kind of have adapted this abundance mindset, it's like, all right, well, just kind of what to tap into what you just said. It's like things come easily regardless of the avenue you choose, not necessarily easily, but you can be successful if, if you're, if, and I don't want to use the word passion either. This is something you want to do. Like you just gotta, you gotta have something to aim for. Right? Well, I think it's a few like things. I think it's a really good idea to get a hobby, right? Because hobbies are, are likely to be things you're interested in, but do one that allows you to master a skill as a result, right? And I used to say this to Ash all the time because he was a personal trainer. I'm like, okay, he's getting really good at personal training. This is my buddy from England. Really good at personal training, right? So that skill, I guess you could master in the sense of what that process is. But the workouts themselves are just, yeah, you can get stronger, but then your muscles get weaker as you get older. And then, you know, you can't do as much. Whereas with jujitsu, you can actually, you do that long enough. I don't know if you ever master it, but you'll get really good at it. So you're building like an incredible skill set. So if you look at a hobby in that sense is like something, oh, if I do a little bit of this each week over the course of how many hours, 10,000, you can be an expert at it. And then you should be able to in some way sell that service and make it a job. And it's, it's like you're you know, putting yourself through school. So it's worth paying attention to that just for the sake of like you're saying, like, what do you want to do? Well, turning your hobbies into jobs is probably a really good move for people because you already love doing it Absolutely. i mean ideally you, isn't it isn't it interesting the perspective that we have as americans he was talking about the ten thousand hour cliche <laughs> not cliche but just i'm fucking english dude precipi- what are you talking precipice about? what's what is that is that yours what no david lee roth was talking about the japanese saying that their mentality is 10 hours for like I can't remember what he said, a day for 10 years or something like that. So over the course of whatever, you have like 40,000 hours or something like that. Like it's quadrupled. Remember what I'm oh, saying? Oh, no, I don't. That seems like a lot. But you'll definitely get like, good like, at it with 40,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. a lot of time to put into something. <laughs> I wonder what that breaks down to in the years. It's a lot. <laughs> Too many. Let's jump over to the to the Rick Doblin one. Um First off, MAPS is an organization that I am a big fan of. Uh, They're working into the realm of like psychedelic therapy, basically. So working with um, a licensed therapist while doing psychedelics or MDMA or these different things to help you through past traumas or just deal with your depression or PTSD, those sorts of things. Um, I have some friends here in Bozeman that are one that's a therapist that is moving into that line of work and and will be working for MAPS. And then another guy who's ex-Special Forces that works at um, a center that primarily helps uh, retired um, military and ex-Special Forces guys with similar processes. to kind of guide them through PTSD. And, and it's really cool to hear these pretty spectacular results and and just what this guy has done. Like, how many years has he been fighting for this? And he just seems really down-to-earth and cool and just kind of had this, like, patient vibe. Like, hey, 
I, it's going to be eight more years, but I think we got it. I'm like, this poor fucking guy's been trying to legalize this shit for like 30 years. He's fortunate, though, he had the upbringing that he did. His parents being semi-supportive, given the circumstances, him being like 17, saying, I want to drop out of college and go. He was like, I need to be, a, like, I want to go study psychedelics. I think he said he built like a... I can't remember what he said he built, but he said he built something with 3,000 bricks and his parents like helped him do it. Remember? Did you hear that mm, part of it? I don't remember that. Either way, either way it, it was it was just like an enlightening experience for him to be attached, more or less. But he, he, he was like, my parents were super supportive. I dropped out of college in order to go study XYZ. <laughs> I don't know how this is. It's so interesting that the dynamic between the people that are deciding what drugs are legal and what drugs aren't are people that haven't even tried the drugs in the first place. That does seem like a fatal flaw. Like, you know? If you want to pass judge, if you want to pass judgment on something, that's fine. But at least have a fucking frame of reference. Yeah, I mean, I think the only time that would be acceptable is if the drug is clearly killing people or clearly right. very okay. damaging your health. Right. Then right. all hyper addictive. I mean, it right. probably would be a bad move for people that want to make heroin illegal for them to start trying right. heroin. But I mean mushrooms and mdma is not doing that to people so they probably should be required like hey you want to ban this we'll run it through your system a few times and then and then tell us if we should make then you have a frame of reference then you have a frame of reference to be like yeah i think this is really going to damage society or you're going to be like oh that was kind of insightful that could help me especially given like a circumstance or like an environment where it is it is under supervision and it is kind of trying to benefit because he made reference to that one situation where those two girls took MDMA and it was kind of subjective because the one girl <clears throat> was at like a rave and she had these thoughts come up from a, a previous like sexual encounter or something. And she said that MDMA hurt her because she couldn't express those feelings to her friend and she kind of bottled them down even though they had come up and a girl in a similar circumstance had a similar uh, uh, like reoccurrence and had like some sexual trauma come up and she discussed it with her friend and she was saying how beneficial it was to have the MDMA. And the basis of that argument was like, you just have to embrace it. Like if you're going to deny it, then that's going to be, a, that's going to falter you. But if you embrace it and you do the whole thing through, you probably will see the benefits. Well, they, they often say that about a problem, right? A problem shared is a problem halved. So right. it's one thing to, to be experiencing that's a, good, that's a drug a good, that's a good that brings up these memories that maybe you've blocked out and then, right. uh, you know, to protect you. I'm sure that's why you have memories that get kind of blocked out. And, and right. then if you have nowhere for it to go, it's just popped up and now you're thinking about it without getting a chance to share it and get some feedback or just have someone know that it happened to you and not judge you for it and be supportive and and open up a conversation then absolutely uh it, i mean it would make sense that it would be better and that and that's the thing right i mean he's not saying hey these drugs should be legal so we can all just go and party he's saying actually the most beneficial way for these drugs to be legal is highly controlled and under professional supervision but the right supervision you know not not right. the FDA saying you need a doctor and a PhD and uh, a scientist. No, just a therapist, right. someone who understands, you know, your mind I, and emotions and can help you through the conversation that's coming up. 
I would love to do that, to be honest. It'd be great to have somebody that was experienced and, and had some kind of insight to ride to ride the trip out with you, per se. Yeah. That would be, I, I, be awesome. I think that it could be very beneficial. It'd be interesting. I mean, they were. he's saying that they're going to have thousands of centers, hopefully, over the next right. few years. They already have thousands of centers for the masculine. Um, no, no, ketamine. That's it. They have ketamine therapy all over the country. Right. So hopefully they have these. And it's really cool to hear Dan Crenshaw working with Tim Ryan. Yeah. Like, look, I've always liked, I'm not a Republican, but I've always liked Dan Crenshaw on the podcast. You know, certain yeah. things he's pretty hardline about because you're like, yeah, he's a Republican. He's making that point. But he's so, he's very reasonable. He represents what I would want to see in any type of politician. A conversation Agreed. and the it's, fact that he's pushing to have, um, you know, more funding for these, for the vets so that they can get treatment right. you know he's looking at it not from a political because this this probably does push against his own political ambitions because it's going to be For hard sure. to persuade a lot of republicans that legalizing these sorts of drugs is a good move i think i think foresight is one of his biggest strong points like he sees the end game and like how certain things affect i mean even in his book he would talk about how minimum wage raising minimum wage and this that and the other how it affects certain things and how on the outside it looks good and this he sees the details but yes to be bipartisan and he was talking about how dan crenshaw and the i can't remember the other representative uh, on the tim left, ryan tim ryan he's like to have somebody that both sees the same situation play out and to have like an objective thought process is, uh, is a step in the right direction. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the Navy SEAL Foundation giving away their maximum donation amount of 50 grand to MAPS. Like, they're not saying, hey, we're all military philosophy and that doesn't go with us, so we're just going to drug all these um, PTSD guys up. They're like, no, we want the best yeah. solution, hands down, all the time. Yeah. And if, if the research is pointing that way, we don't care what it is. And yeah. And he goes, they goes, they go against the dogma as long as it's take. That's the way that everybody in their whole world should think about it. If it goes against the grain, and it, either way, if you're trying to take care of your family or your loved ones, it doesn't matter what the prescribed cultural thought process is. It's what makes the most sense. Yeah, it's what makes sense. And right. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, when he contacted the DEA to try and get, um, I can't remember what he said he needed to get approved. They needed something done, and the DEA just kind of stole them, and they had to take them to court. And be, oh, right. It's just, and they end up winning, right? Yeah, it's just all these rules. Loops and stuff to jump And through, the same yeah. thing with the FDA, putting in all these requirements, basically making it so expensive that these treatments can't even happen. It's just like, right. what are you trying to gain from this? Are you just being assholes? Right. Or like... That's what, it, that, that's what I got out of it. I don't know, man. It does. It makes you mad when you hear things like that. Uh, have you done MDMA? Uh, yeah, I did that when I was younger. Yeah, uh, it's great. I, I saw, I saw no negative benefits. <laughs> I mean, no. Ne I mean, yes, the next day if you're doing it. And normally, what I noticed too is that I was obviously encompassed with a lot of other substances, like majority alcohol, so you'd feel like trash the next day. But I wonder if you like the few times I just took it solely in small doses, like it was so enlightening and just refreshing and felt good to do around your friends. Like it didn't really seem like there's a whole lot of negative to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I only ever did it like on its own. Like I wasn't drinking right. or putting anything else in my system with it. And it was like in the rave scene back in like 2000. 
you know, right. like after high school. And um, yeah. it, and it didn't really ever affect me too heavily. I would be tired the next day, but it wasn't like, right. um, God, it was, it was like uh, pretty, pretty, like I always, I was lucky. I always did it with good people and in good environments. And Same. it was uh, just good times. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility like- that comes with these things because you could probably do it with the wrong crowd or in the wrong environment or try doing something stupid like driving or something right. complex that you shouldn't be. But I mean, given the right environment, I mean, yeah, you can't I have a bad trip, promoted- you know, it's just, I was going to say, I'm only, it's only pr- promoted stronger relationships and tighter bonds to be honest, not to sound like a hippie, but that's what I've kind of experienced. Yeah. Hearing that he had that chemist, make him a kilo of it for four thousand dollars and it's the purest stuff ever and it lasts like how long 30 years 40 years and he's not and he's still never tried it he's joe was not (laughs) he said he he said he's got a deal he said he got a kilo and a half so i'm wondering is that like 3.1 pounds 3.3 pounds of that's that's how much the chemist said that he made i don't know if he gave it all like sold it all to rick or what the deal was but um he just has that sit in a box somewhere or what i don't know it better be in a safe <laughs> if anyone finds that you know, <laughs> Jesus. Gonna we be might a, save the world yeah a huge rave but yeah we'll see did you hear that that, that that reference whenever he was trying to talk about how they would spray acid over the top of the soldiers oh God. in hopes that they would just like drop their guns he's like in theory that might work but that would take a lot of acid yeah and i don't know that kind of chemical warfare is crazy i mean it uh, it is it is nefarious to hear what the government has tried to come up with to take people out i mean who knows it's it's not pretty stuff it's it's just easy to not trust what the government's up to you know what i mean well it's a good thing i can trust you but all right well i'm not the government well (laughs) that's gonna be it that's a wrap for this week a bit of a shorter one this week but um yep that's how it goes Thanks, uh, as always, for for listening to us ramble on and uh, enjoying the Rogan Pods with us. Um, write a good review if you want. We appreciate that. And uh, thanks, as always, guys. We appreciate you guys. Love you. Peace and love.